I mean, my favorite thing personally is just when when she gets home from daycare every day and how excited she is to see you, whether it's usually Tiny does pick up. So then when she comes through the door and sees me, it's just like dada dada and like runs and gives me a big hug. But I think that goes, you know, the other way too when I pick her up or if, you know, you're coming back from a work trip. So the, the excitement that she has for seeing you and the hug just never gets old. Two guys talking about their babies and supporting their ladies. Talking about the struggle, talking about Big Papa. Welcome back. This is Big Papa's. I'm your man, Pierre Hamilton. I'm in the studio with... Dan Worry Smith. Yeah, yeah. Hello. What's up, guys? Back for another episode. You know how we do. How you feeling, Pierre? I'm feeling really excellent right now. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, Me sitting too. Up, sitting upright. Oh, yeah. yeah Look at that good. posture. Yeah, it's good. Good. Yeah, you know what? Posture is important. It's really, I, you know what? I just want to say right now, it's really important. Especially on an audio program. Uh, absolutely. People are really getting a taste of that posture. Uh, what's been going on with you, Pierre? Any uh, any updates in the life of a dad of two? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, what did we the last episode, we talked a little bit about, like, past the 90 days of darkness, uh-huh. right? And so I think one of the things that you see once you're past that moment is really some, like, developmental things. So at the beginning, you know, I don't know, people, if you haven't had your first or if you remember your first, like the first three months, I don't know, honestly, it's just like poo, pee, want food, that's it. They're just kind of there. Maybe they're moving their hands a little bit around. You give them the tummy time, they're just angry about it. But honestly, Desmond has been rolling over from the tummy time. So it's like, what? Those neck muscles are getting stronger. It's your boy. That's why why we're talking about that posture, though, right? You got to be sitting up straight. Right now he's like... He loves to also just sit up and just look around. Uh, <laughs> just like his old man. Just like his old man. His other one, which is really great, and I'm like, yeah, he must be. Like his old man, he's a journalist. He's a real journalist. Because <laughs> he'll just straight up just be looking around at the, like, the sky. I mean, obviously, he just figured out he's got eyes. And so he's just like looking up at the ceiling. If we take him out to the park, he's just like mesmerized by like contrast. So like... You know, oh, he's looking, and oh, yeah, there's the trees and the leaves. And he'll just, he's just staring and staring. You're like, man, the thing you forget about kids is that, like, it's really all new for them. Yeah. And so he's just soaking it in. And that's really, really amazing. One of the things we also talked about last year, uh, or sorry, last season on the show was how Desmond was really a poo machine. I'm happy to report that the poo machine has calmed down a little bit. Nice. Just a little bit. Every once in a while, like every once in a while, it comes back out. So, like, my wife just the other day was like, Oh, you know, like, oh, it's been a day. He hasn't really gone poop. You know, we got to do the double check. Wait, no, no, no. I, that sometimes happens at around the, this age, three sure. months. And then she sends me a text in the morning and she's like, Oh, no, I got to clean up everything in the change room and the change table because he really dropped it on there and it was like three poo emojis. And I was like, Oh, no, it was like a back to back to back. Triple. Triple. It was a triple one. Uh, so it's slowed down, but every once in a while he does unleash a barrage and that's still pretty special too. I just heard about this product because I'm expecting a boy and Zoe and I were having this discussion. Uh, you can tell me if maybe you have something like this or maybe you've heard of it, a product called the PPTP. Yes. You got one of these? No. <laughs> but if you remember, did we not, I feel like we did talk about this Last season, when I was like, the one thing that you don't realize when you go from girl to boy is right. that, like, girl, it was like, okay, yeah, there was a, there's some incidents, but with a boy, it's like, it could be all, you could just like, he could just be like spraying, like, like going all, all over the place. 
but we didn't realize that until it was too late. And then you're like, oh, right, maybe we should get a tent or something to put on the teepee thing. Teepee. Yeah. I mean, there's probably some issues around the whole, like, appropriation thing. I mean, maybe, why didn't they just call it a tent? I mean, it does, it sounds nice because you the know, teepee thing. You know why they didn't. But, yeah. No, you're right. That's, uh, I mean, you know, I didn't make up that product. Yeah. So we don't have to feel too bad about it here I don't, on the show. Yeah, but... I don't think we're going to do that at all. But just in case you're out there and you're feeling that way, maybe you want to look for an alternative product. <laughs> Good call. Did I did I interrupt you in the middle of uh, no your no poo no? Spiel I mean, there? that's 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 really it about Pooh. Um, I think he's also the other part that's really really great is that he's um, we were able to put him down now. His sister went to bed at some point. We were able to get a, a, get her to bed at like seven thirty. We're not quite there with him yet. We can put him down at about eight thirty, maybe maybe nine. And if we do that, he tends to stay down until. You know, maybe two. And that is at least a little bit better on Jess and on me as well, because he's still in the same room with us. And so the fact that even when maybe Jess takes him up to go feed him in the middle of the night, I'm still awake. Like I wake up and that disrupts obviously my sleep. So it's nice to get maybe, you know, three, four hours possibly of, of, of rest in before he's actually up. And, and maybe also just to get some time where Jess and I can kind of just sit back relax have both kids asleep yeah and then be able to go back and do our thing afterwards well speaking of sitting back and relaxing that may be something that's hard to do when you travel with kids and today on big papas we're talking about just that traveling with little kids uh, i'm sure it's the kind of thing that a lot of parents have done some more than others uh can definitely be something that causes anxiety i know i've had some friends that have had like nightmare flights with their kids you know a trip to europe where the kid cries the whole time Ooh. or where a kid is vomiting on the plane and uh you know i'm sure people People on the plane, they don't they don't want to see that stuff, especially no. people who don't have kids, which I'm sure you run into plenty of mm-hmm. uh, when you're traveling. Uh, so anyways, that that's going to be the theme uh, later on when we get to the interview portion of the show. Uh, I know you have some experience to report on uh, as far as traveling as a parent. What do you got, Pierre? Yeah, absolutely. So we have taken – Zadie's been on a couple trips, uh, actually more than a couple trips. So uh, Jess took her to um, – out to L.A. Uh, when she was really young – uh, when I went on pat leave, I went out to visit my brother in Victoria, um, and so I flew out with her then. We went to, uh, we visited Jess's uh, family in New Brunswick. Uh, we also went to Europe. We made that European trip, and <sighs> you know what? It was, it was, it wasn't the worst, and I don't know if just that's who she is and her personality and the way she took to it, that she just didn't really cry a lot. She was awake for a lot of the trip, um, but we did have a lot of things sort of ready for her, and that's kind of one of the, the the things that Jess took the lead on, and I've now become aware of just because seeing it, she was like, we got to get, like, a bunch of different toys, and, like, you know, even things that, like, seemingly aren't toys. Like, she's like, oh, if we could just get, like, some paper that makes, like, crinkly sounds, like, that can distract her for a little while. Um <laughs> And so the trip itself on the plane was, I think, you know, other than not being able to really sit and watch a movie, which is that typical uh, airplane experience, it was really good. When we went on the trip, you know what? It's difficult with a kid. You got to shift, especially if you're flying over time zones. The shift back is a bit weird. Um, They're kind of like, well, am I up right now? And you're like, no, no, you should be asleep. And they're like, no, no, I'm going to be up. I'm going to be up. And that's difficult. 
Um, we also, I think the piece that complicated it for us was that we love to go to a number of different places. And yeah. so our trip was really like, we went to Spain, then we went to France, then we went to Croatia for a wedding, then we went to Italy Ooh. and it was amazing. And Jess had, I think Jess, Zadie and I had an amazing time. Now in between there, I'm going to like, we did have a bout of. Uh, stomach illness uh, that ripped through us all wow. uh, and was not fun at all. When you wake up in a foreign place the first night in a you know Airbnb and you're like, what was that sound? And it's like your wife saying, I think it's Zadie. She's puking. She's sick. That's a difficult spot to be in. Yeah. But we, you know, we pushed through and I think the the lesson that we took from it was really we tried to do a bit too much. It was still a great trip, but like, let's, you know, let next time we do it, let's pull it back a little bit. So after that, we went on a little and did like uh, San Diego with my parents and my brother. And we were just like one place. We went to San Diego. We stayed in San Diego. We stayed in the same house. We made one um, longer trip out to LA to visit some friends. And then we came home, but that was it. We were like, we're not doing this like multiple destination thing. Um, so yeah, that was kind of our travel piece, but you know, I wanted to ask you about this cause I heard you were talking about planes and I heard this from my wife who's, and I don't know where she heard it from, but basically it was, she, somebody was getting on a plane. They're like, Oh, you know, I know people hate kids on a plane. Right. They basically made a baggie for like everybody on the plane. I've heard of this. And I was like, are you in, like, I, honestly, if somebody does that, I mean, I guess that's their thing, but I was like, man, what if you're on a big plane? How many, yeah. how many bags you got to make? I just feel like, first of all, that, but <laughs> but also, like you're just capitulating right off the bat to be like, you you should be mad at us for bringing our baby on this plane. And like, for real, fuck that. You know, you got to travel with a kid every now and then, and maybe it sucks. You know, like what? But you think that parent wants their kid to be crying on the plane? Yeah. No one's having a worse time than that parent. <laughs> if you're a person without kids and you're on a plane, and the worst part of your day was that a kid was crying, you get to get off the plane and not be a parent still. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, you're not yeah. getting any loot bags from me. Exactly. But I will feel super stressed and apologetic <laughs> if my kid is is you know misbehaving on a flight. So I don't know. I, I yeah, I have heard of that. That seems ludicrous. That, that is that was a passionate delivery. And when I think about it too, I was like, they don't have kids. They're on a flight. You know what, man? You can afford some damn Bose noise canceling <laughs> headphones. Yeah, cancel that noise, buddy. Get that out. <laughs> God damn it. I love it. Trying to buy a bunch of gift bags for people. Nah, I ain't ever gonna do that. If you're on a plane and you see my if you see my face, if you recognize me and you're like, that's the guy from Big Papa's. Honestly, don't expect a damn thing. It ain't coming. Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. Pia. What about you, Dan? How? Oh man, I, how do you travel? How do you, how do you travel with child? We, I will just, I would just say this. We b before we had Goldie, Zoe, and I were also like on our honeymoon. We spent a couple of stops on it that were designed just to chill. But for the most part, we were like, we're going here, we're going there. We want to see this. I'm all about the you know adventuring, often within cities. You know, I'm not like a mountain climber or anything. But like, I'm I'm all about. Oh, we're in the south of Spain. I want to see these three cities i want to experience it and i don't care if a lot of the stops are one night or two nights i want to keep moving because who knows if i'll ever get back to spain again um we haven't gone on a trip like that 
with Goldie. Uh, I think the next time we might have the opportunity to do something like that, we'll have two kids. Uh, but I know, you know, there are places on our list as far as kind of far flung places. We really want to go to Italy. We really want to go to Japan. I don't know how realistic it is uh, really for either of those trips, but I think we would have to try to do a bit of an adjustment on, yeah, we're going to try to do, you know, a number of things, but maybe not the same number of things that we've done in the past. I will say that travel-wise, we've had more ambition to travel than we've actually delivered on since okay. we had Goldie. The one flight that Goldie has been on, we went to Mexico, and we went to a, a resort, and it was totally easy. We went with uh, Zoe's mom uh, and Zoe's brother and his fiance, and uh, so we had some help on the flights. We had some help throughout the whole time, and we went to a resort that was like family and kid-driven. So I don't have anything you know super interesting to part we also did try to plan uh bringing a lot of stuff that could help to distract goldie and that was a time where we decided like she can have as much she can watch as much peppa pig as she wants or whatever the case may be and we're not going to feel guilty about it and she actually the flight there went over her nap time and the flight home went over her bedtime Mm -hmm. So both flights, uh, Zoe put her on the carrier on her chest, and uh, she had, a, I think, a bit of trouble both times as far as having to do some pacing to get her to sleep, but she did sleep on both flights. So if we do fly <laughs> and it's with two kids coming up, you know, it's going to be a different game. Hopefully Goldie will be a little bit easier as far as she won't be like a baby anymore, uh, and if it's any time early on in, in our little boy's life, he will be little, which I do understand, you know, under one year old can be easier to travel with. So so cheaper. Um, yeah, that's a big. That's, that's a big. That's a big selling. Uh, that's the impetus to do some traveling <laughs> early on. Yeah, that, that. Like I said, that is something that we've wanted to do more than we actually have. Uh, you know, we do want to be a traveling family. When when Zoe and I went to Iceland years ago, before we were even married, uh, we saw a lot of people, especially people from Germany. We found a lot of people traveling with their kids, mm -hmm. and kind of one of our family dream vacations is to go and rent like a camper van and drive around Iceland because it's it's a really cool country. So uh, yeah, we we. Uh, you know, we got high hopes when it yeah, comes yeah. to travel. It would seem as if it's, I don't know if it's just a European thing where it just, I don't know, they just seem chiller about that kind of thing. Like, not that people here aren't traveling, right? But I think that when you, when I hear from a lot of people in, you know, in uh, people I've worked with or just people I've met, they're always like, just go to a resort, right? And it, you know sure. what? It's, it's for, for Jess and I, it's, it's never really been the thing that's, that's been like, oh yeah, let's go there. That's what we want to do. We, I think, like you, we like that sense of adventure, and we know as we now that we have two, it's going to be harder. But I think it, it seems to me, my perspective is that in North America, it's very much like just go to a resort. That'll be it. Make You'll it figure it out. It'll be easy. You get it shot. done. Yep. That's it. Yep. So it's uh, yeah. I guess we're we're trying to embrace that European like let's do let's do let's do some crazy shit and see what happens. But it's difficult. It can get tough. Yeah. Definitely get tough. Well, we're talking travel here today on Big Papas. Uh, thanks for your stories, Pierre. That that was great. It was one of the the more fun intros we've done to an episode. <laughs> and uh, I will be right back with the rest. Hello, on the line, I have got Tanya and Alex Facey. Tanya is a brand strategy and marketing expert from Toronto. Alex, originally from Sarasota, Florida, is a manager and consultant focusing on financial clients. Together, they live in Chicago with their almost two-year-old daughter, Maya. How's it going, Tanya and Alex? Thanks for being with me. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's going pretty well. 
Amazing. Yeah, first, nice talking to you. Thank you, guys. Uh, first things first, Alex, you took Tanya's last name, didn't you? I did, yes. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. What an amazing progressive move. <laughs> I really, I'm so uh, impressed by that. And I think, I think that's so cool. Do you know of any other people who have, who have done that? I actually don't. Um, I think the closest that I've got is a friend who he and his wife actually decided to both hyphenate their names together. So they both kind of took a new name. Right. My brother did that, which is, uh, you know, my name is hyphenated already. So my brother's family are Lemon Worry Smith now. And I will say that <laughs> my wife and I really love that idea, you know, like the concept of the egalitarian approach there. But we both and I said to her, I was like, hey, if you want to do it, if you want to double hyphenate, like I'll do it because I wouldn't want to deny her that if it mattered to her. And she said, nah, it doesn't really matter. So our daughter has my <laughs> name. But I think, uh, you know, in the interest of smashing the patriarchy from within, I think that's such a cool move. And I'm really impressed. My hat's off to you, Alex. That's a great, a great thing to do. Um, we I wanted to talk to the two of you a lot today about travel. The two of you have been big travelers for a long time, you know, before you came parents uh, and in a very cool move. It doesn't seem like you've lost a step at all. Maybe even you travel more than you used to. Do you have a tally of how many flights Maya, Maya, your daughter has been on? So we were keeping track. I think she's been on close to 70. Right? Yes, I think. Or maybe it's more? 73 to date. And we've got two more this week before she turns two. Wow. But who's counting? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have kind of just like a general game plan or approach for traveling with Maya? I mean, I think like taking a step back, I think when I was pregnant, we sort of decided that we would try to keep traveling after having Maya. Um, part of that was accelerated by the fact that we had a friend who was getting married in South Africa two months after Maya was born and we really wanted to go. <laughs> so we thought, let's see if we can take her to South Africa and see how that works and then go from there. And it actually ended up being fine um, traveling, especially with her being that little, because she just doesn't need that much stuff. Right. Um, so that sort of like set us up to feel like we could sort of conquer any travel situation. Right. If we could take her to South Africa, we felt like we could take her anywhere. And one of the things that we learned that I think is important for like all you know parents or upcoming parents out there is just that it's actually much easier to travel when they're even younger. And so I think that having the first trip or first couple of trips early on just gave us the confidence and comfort that we could continue doing it. Whereas if we had started when she was 12 months, 18 months, two years old, I think it would have been more challenging just because she she has needed more and it has become a little bit more challenging, but we're growing with it and, and still comfortable in doing that. That's great. When for for parents of kids who are that little bit older who are starting to interact more with things and maybe need some activities and stuff, what kind of tips do you have as far as keeping kids busy and occupied and entertained on a plane? Yeah, so my biggest thing all along has been bring all the snacks and like have like no rules around like how much you can eat or whatever. It's cuz that's like really keeps my entertained. So I usually try to go to target or some store and get some snacks she doesn't normally have like not necessarily bad snacks but just different snacks right so that she has something that she's like curious about there's so there's that and then we also tend to bring like different activity books for her to do like one thing that's been a real big hit um melissa and doug has this reusable sticker book yeah um yeah so there's like all these different like there's like a farm scene and an underwater scene there's like a couple different scenes 
and you can just like take the stickers on and off and she can play with that forever. And the other thing too is that with those toys that we bring for the plane, we only let her play with them when she's on the plane. So when we're at home, she doesn't use these toys. So it's like an added bonus that she gets excited about when we travel. She knows she gets her sticker book. When we tell her she's going in an airplane, the first thing she just says is like, oh, stickers. So it's kind of like a fun surprise for her that she then looks forward to doing. And then we, once we get on the plane, we bribe her by saying she can't play with the stickers until she takes a nap. So it's almost like good bait for her as well to enforce good behavior. You've got your system down. That's impressive. Yeah. And we have, we bring an iPad with us. Like I always bring it in case like things go really awry, but that hasn't been the case. We're also lucky. Like when we travel internationally, there's like the screens on the back of the like seat in front of you and so we usually let her play with those or or watch something on that if she wants but she's like is that the age where she doesn't really sit and watch like a whole movie so it's more just her saying she wants to like look at the same turtles and finding nemo over and over again what so. is her general relationship like with screen time and tv shows when, when you're not on a plane she doesn't watch a lot of tv she like yeah, we don't we don't really watch a lot of TV. She will she does like a couple like videos she'll watch. Like there's like this Elmo slide video. She'll watch like some Peppa Pig, but not more than like ten minutes or something every once in a while. Yeah, usually we try to cap it when we hook up our Apple TV to our regular TV and she can watch things on YouTube. We'll let her watch two, maybe three videos and then that's it. Um so not a lot of screen time. She's very curious about her phones because we're on them a lot, so she likes to look at pictures of herself or videos of herself. Right. Even yeah. then even then we try to keep that more so if we really need it on the plane. <laughs> what is the best trip that you've taken Maya on out of seventy three? <laughs> uh, well I feel like we just had a trip that we said was really good that we really liked. I don't know. Uh, well we really we recency bias. We went to Vancouver recently and really enjoyed that. It was too short. Like it was like one of those it was like one of those this summer has been we call it death by long weekend trips. Like We've taken a lot of trips, but they've all been very short, which has been a little bit painful. So I'd say that's a piece of advice. Um, don't do too many long weekend trips if you can avoid it. Like try to have a longer trip that's a little bit more relaxing if you can um, find the time. But I feel like we had a trip that we were just saying was like, oh, such a good trip. No, it wasn't London? Oh, maybe it was London. That's what I was thinking. When oh, okay. That's a question. Okay, say London. Say London. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we recently went to London, um, another sort of longer weekend trip, and we had a really good time. We got to see some family. We went to um, their big, like, Notting Hill Carnival, which is, like, their version of Caravana, but, like, much bigger. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, we did some, like, touristy things. We went to Buckingham Palace. That's also where we discovered the Airbnb experiences and the photographer. Oh, yeah. That was a good pack where we – I had a friend who did a trip to Paris, and she – had these really professional photos done and I was like how did you do this how do you coordinate it and so she told me and then I ended up looking at Airbnb experiences and we sort of hired a photographer for an hour it was maybe 120 bucks and they took um, pictures of us around like the Tower Bridge area of London so we ended up with like really great family photos that we didn't have to harass a tourist to take for us and sort of get poor quality and so now we have this like file of like 70 photos that are really great um so that was really good and then the food was also really good too Sure. I mean, food is such a big part of traveling. Uh, I mean, at least for me, maybe not for everyone, but uh, I'm sure for lots of people. Are there are there places that you go back to that Maya has some connection to that she's excited to return to or maybe foods she's excited to eat again? I mean, I guess she's still she's really just getting to the age, I think, where she's like making like memories or like remembers, remembers 
remembering what happened to other places. So I think the places we've probably been with her the most are probably like Toronto. Um, and then maybe New York. Toronto, New York, and Sarasota, I think. But it's been a while since we've been back to Sarasota. Yeah. She associates some places. She knows that grandma lives in Toronto and she knows that my parents live in well, maybe she knows my parents live in Toronto. I don't Florida. think she knows that. She- Definitely knows that Tanya's mom lives in Toronto. (laughs) Maybe it's just that. Um, But in terms of food, she likes restaurants. I would say, like, one challenge with her being almost two is that she's, like, doesn't really sit down for a long time in restaurants. So that can be a little bit of a painful process of just having sort of tag team, like, one of us shoveling food in our mouth while the other one's keeping her occupied, whether it's feeding her or walking around with her or whatnot. But she tries everything. Like, when we went to Vancouver... Um, it was for a wedding, um, and we went to this, like, Chinese banquet seafood restaurant situation, and she tried everything that came out, including jellyfish, which I was surprised that she tried. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, anything that came, she wanted it and didn't want them to take away her plate. Well, I'm not surprised that a kid who travels a lot has an adventurous spirit when it comes to uh, to eating. And, I, you know, that experience of being at a restaurant with a kid and just trying to, you know, tag team where one of you takes a few minutes to have a few bites and then kind of switching it up. I'm sure that's familiar, you know, to lots of parents, definitely familiar to me. So London was one of the trips that was maybe the best. Is there a trip that stands out as the worst? <laughs> So I was going to say Mexico City. Yes. Okay. So a couple of months ago, we went to Mexico City. Really excited because, like, I've never been to Mexico, period, which is surprising. And also, like, such good food. Maya loves tacos. She wants to make literally and anything to her can become a taco. Like, if you give her a piece of lettuce and some rice, like, that's a taco. So she was so excited to have tacos in Mexico. <laughs> and the first night we get there... Like, we ate in the airport, went to our hotel, whatever. Then in the middle of the night, she, like, woke up throwing up. Uh-huh. And, yeah, like, threw up all the way until, like, noon or something the next day. Oh, kind of recovered. And basically, it was, like, a weekend of so much throw up. And it was, like, the first time she'd really been sick like that for, like, a whole weekend. She couldn't even keep water down. And so we just had to play the game of, you know, wait a half hour, give her some water, see if she could keep it down. And then wait 25 minutes, give her a little bit more. And then once she could keep the water down then we had to advance into pedialyte and then once a pedialyte could stay down then we could go into crackers and it was just a long like testing time period and then if she threw up we'd have to start all over so it just we spent a lot of our time doing that and then because she likes eating so much especially in eating what we're eating there would be times where we would go out to eat or we'd bring food into the hotel if we couldn't even leave and she would want what we were eating and then she couldn't eat it which made her sad and frustrated too yeah at one point she just like maya hungry <laughs> it was so sad it was probably oh. my lowest low of being a parent is when she said maya hungry yeah we, so we didn't really get to do much there was she did like feel fine for like a 18 hour period and so we went to go see the pyramids and stuff outside of mexico city but other than that it was pretty much as alex described and then on the flight back she even like threw up like Two or three times at least. Poor kid. That's heartbreaking. (laughs) Yeah, it was not great. Goldie has never been that sick, but even when she's just a tiny bit sick, I mean, it, you know, you feel so helpless and, um, you know, you feel so bad for them and like you, you would do anything, anything you possibly could just to make them feel a little bit better. Oh, that, yeah. Totally. That definitely yeah. sounds like an easy pick for the worst trip. Yeah. <laughs> like no, without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> nice. Well, on that note, we will take a very quick break and we'll be right back with more Big Papas.
chatting with Nicole Austin, the founder of Nama Mama. Nicole, I know that you make, uh, in addition to producing these products, uh, the Nama Mama bomb and oil, you're also really into making natural homemade foods for your kids. Uh, you know, obviously it's much easier to just go to the grocery store or call Uber Eats or something. So I want to know what is it that's so meaningful to you uh, to put in the effort to make this food at home? Great question. Um, I really like making my own food because I know what goes into each product that I make. I find that when you buy things from a grocery store, there's lots of additives and things in there that you don't even realize. Also, I love having my children involved with the cooking. My daughter likes to stand at the counter with me and be a part of the cooking, so it's a full experience for everyone. And it's just a really great way to bring the family together. Nama Mama is on a mission to help families live better, healthier, happier lives by handcrafting all natural artisanal products for Mama Baby and the whole family. Check them out at namamama.com. That's N-A-M-A-M-A-M-A. Don't forget to use our promo code for 15% off at checkout. That's Big Papas, all caps, one word, promo code Big Papas. Nama Mama, it's the bomb. Hey, we're back chatting with Tanya and Alex Facey and wanted to ask you, do you think I, uh, that Maya has any awareness of the fact that she's from Chicago, that she identifies as someone who lives in Chicago at all? So, like, if you ask, like, she knows that when she's going home, she's going to Chicago. Right. But, but then sometimes you ask her where she is when she's not in Chicago and she'll also say Chicago. So, <laughs> but so I, I think she knows that like she associates Chicago with being a home base, but I don't think she really understands like what Chicago is or anything like that. Like she probably, she knows like her daycare's here and like we live here, but that's probably as far as it goes. Right. Yeah. Go- we've told Goldie that she's from Toronto a couple times. Uh, I don't know that it really, it really sets in at all. But funnily enough, her booby traveled to Chicago a few months ago for business. And it was, you know, like a two or three day trip or whatever it was. But throughout the time when she was away, when Goldie would ask where she was, we'd say, oh, Booby's in Chicago. And so now Chicago is like the one place she knows of <laughs> that like when we went to Mexico, you know, leading up to the trip, when we'd see an airplane in the sky, we'd say there's an airplane where, you know, we're going to take one of those to Mexico. And then when we come home, we when we'd see an airplane we'd ask her where do you think that airplane's going and she'd say mexico and now it's always chicago and i i don't know if she if you just said to her hey what city do you live in and where are you from type of thing i don't know that she could pull toronto but chicago is like right there in her mind you guys need to blow her mind and take her here yes send her down you know what it's just a matter of time i think um well shifting away from you know non-travel life to kind of just typical parenting stuff i wonder if you uh, could describe in general how you you think of your own parenting philosophy or style? Um, I don't know. I think we're both pretty chill for the most part, but also like pretty like practical about stuff. Like I know personally, like I've always made a conscious decision to like speak to Maya like she's like a kid, like a older kid. Like I never really did a lot of like baby talk or anything. Um, and so, like, I've always been, like, pretty, like, practical with her. Like, I don't dumb things down too much. 
I think the other thing too is just that we've still tried to, of course, within reason and it's still changing, but like live our lives the way that we would and bring her along with it versus letting her entering our life, like totally call all the shots. So I think that's made her adaptable, whether that's going to things in Chicago with us, if we're going out to eat or if we're going to do something that we want to do. And I think that translates into the the travel as well. Um, I, we, we talked to some friends who just haven't been out to dinner in, in months or they wouldn't take their kid even out to dinner. Whereas I feel like at least once a week, if not more, we, you know, if it's a Saturday and we're out at a park that's not near home, we'll stop somewhere and, and don't think anything of it, um, which is nice. But of course, things are <laughs> less flexible than they used to be. We have to work around bedtimes and nap times and all that fun stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, Tanya, you mentioned that Maya goes to daycare. What can you tell me about that experience, kind of how you've seen it affecting her and what kind of impact it had on, on your lives to, you know, have someone else looking after her for a while every day? Yeah. So we um, didn't really do much debating about like nanny, nanny share, daycare. We we're both pretty convinced, committed to the idea of daycare, mainly because like the socialization aspect and making sure that she's around a lot of other kids um because we do have a we do have some friends with kids but not a ton so like i think we just didn't wanted to always be around adults only and i think that's really like worked out for her i mean it's also worked out for us because we've made friends through her daycare um which is nice because they're like neighborhood friends and their kids are on the same schedule so it's just easy to coordinate and do stuff with them um but i think it's been a good experience for her having to get you know getting used to sharing and playing with other kids and learning how to be patient and listening to authority, like different authority and stuff has been good. I'd say she also, it's helpful too, because when she sees the older kids doing something, she wants to do it. So when she first went to daycare, she was about seven months old and she could kind of sit by herself, but not really. And within a week she was sitting by herself. And then she saw the older kids in the baby room holding their own bottles. And then soon she was holding her bottle. And when she transferred from the infant room to the toddler room, I mean, we got really lucky. We, we basically didn't have to potty train her because mm -hmm. she saw the older kids using the potty and then she wanted to use the potty and we have one at home. And then she essentially told us when she had to go potty and it was great. So I think almost that peer pressure at this age is, is a good thing or seeing what other kids are doing is um, is positive when she's around kids who are developmentally further along because they're older than her. Right. Uh, what kind of, have, have you given much thought to uh, what like kind of style of education you might put her into when it's time for kindergarten, like private, public, Montessori, that kind of thing? Yeah, we'll definitely do public school for sure um, is our plan. I mean, you know, like I, we, Dan and I go way back um, <laughs> when you know, we're public school kids. So I feel strongly about public education Alex went to public school too. I don't know why you said it skeptically. I, I also went to public school. <laughs> <laughs> we went to different public school. I don't know, but it was. But yeah, you went to public school too. Alex grew up in the suburbs. It's just confusing for me. <laughs> it's a different thing. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know how to classify it. Um, I mean, the challenge in Chicago for sure is the public school system here is uh, very varied in terms of like, the quality of education. So there's an aspect of you know, making sure you're living in the right area for the right schools. I think we'll ultimately move back to Toronto um, around that time anyway. So um, it won't really be an issue for us. And another benefit of her, you know, going to school in Toronto too, is I think we, at, at least at this point, we're planning on sending her to one of the um, French speaking schools as well, which nice. is just an option in Chicago that if you wanted, you would, that would have to be private school that you paid for. 
Yeah, well, well, Tanya, you and I go all the way back to French immersion grade one. Yeah. And I say grade one so you can tell we're Canadian because it's not exactly. first grade. Exactly. <laughs> That's the first grade. I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm learning. I'll, I'll have it down by the time we move. <laughs> yeah, there will be a test at the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I, I know Maya's napping or maybe even waking up uh, pretty soon. So uh, just a couple more for you. I wonder, do you have a favorite memory or maybe a favorite recurring experience from being parents? I don't know. I don't, Alex, Alex is giving me a look like he thinks I'm going to say something like embarrassing or ridiculous. But I, generally, I generally am thinking of what, what that could be. I mean, my favorite thing personally is just when when she gets home from daycare every day and how excited she is to see you, whether it's usually Tiny does pick up. So then when she comes through the door and sees me, it's just like dada, dada, and like runs and gives me a big hug. But I think that goes, you know, the other way too when I pick her up or if, you know, you're coming back from a work trip, just the, the excitement that she has for seeing you and the hug just never gets old. Oh, I think for me, right, like it's a very current thing is she started to like learn how to sing. So she like, <laughs> like knows the words of the songs and something. Sometimes she'll just like catch her like singing to herself and it's always just catches me off guard. So I'm like, how do you know how to sing? Like, is, <laughs> like how is that a thing that you've like learned to do? Because her repertoire spans many genres. So what's she into? What's she singing I, these days? So it, you know, it varies from uh, Ring Around the Rosie and Row, Row, Row Your Boat all the way up to like Lizzo Trooper. <laughs> yeah. She loves Lizzo <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> She's having a moment. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, one last thing, uh, you know, l- like to ask all the parents that we bring on the podcast, just if you have any kind of piece of advice or maybe a little slice of a parenting philosophy that you would pass on to people who are thinking of having kids or maybe who are, are in the process, but earlier on than you are. Yeah, I would say just try to like, continue to live the life that you had before like I think don't let all the parenting stuff like completely redefine who you are and obviously like parenting changes your life you know completely but you can still try to do things that you enjoyed pre-parenting whether it's you know going out to restaurants and just trying to bring your kid with you or in our case traveling or or whatever whatever it might be. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, one very tactical thing that we did that I would absolutely advocate for is baby led weaning. So when you're about six months old, and they're starting to, you know, get into food based off moving on from either, um, you know, formula or or breast milk, you have the option of doing either the the purees, whether it's through like actual baby food or pouches, or what we did, which is called baby led weaning. And in the beginning, what you do is you just take foods and you cut them into stalks. So say it's a a broccoli stalk or just like a long piece of sweet potato and they gnaw on it. And that helps their motor skills getting used to picking up food and eating it. But over time, they can then start to eat pieces of food. And what it does is it allows them to eat food in its natural state versus everything being like mushed up and ground, which I think just helps them get a better sense for things that they like versus things that they don't like. And for us, one of the positive things too, is that that's always meant that she's eaten what we eat. So rather than having to feed her separately or do something different for her, she just has little pieces of what we eat. And that's also just helps broaden her palate so much, which is also why I think when we're traveling and when we go out to restaurants, it's not hard for us necessarily. If we, if we're in Mexico city, she's going to eat tacos. If we're in Nigeria, she's going to eat jollof rice. And she's, she's just at least interested in trying everything. And for the most part, she likes most things too. Um, so I think whether you're traveling or not, that's just been something that's been really helpful for us in terms of developing an interest 
in food and and trying different things. It all comes back to food. <laughs> That's right. I love it. That's excellent advice. And uh, I think it's safe to say that Maya is in excellent hands. A uh, couple of fantastic parents. And thank you for taking the time to chat with me today on Big Papa's. Really appreciate it. Great. So great t- talking to you. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Safe travels, y'all. Thank you for listening to another episode of Big Papa's. Please take a moment, if you can, to rate and review the show. It goes a long way and will be much appreciated. Big Papa's Season 3 is recorded at Audio Process in the Lynx Music Studios here in Toronto. Our engineer is Trey from We Create Media. Our theme song was written, performed, and recorded by Matt Warry-Smith. Our logo was designed and produced by Hannah Warry-Smith. Big thanks to our exclusive sponsor, Nama Mama. Check out their line of handcrafted, all-natural artisanal products for mama, baby, and the whole family at namamama.com. And don't forget to use our promo code to get 15% off your purchase. Big Papas, all caps, one word. We'll see you next time.